Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way podcast. podcast. Hey, all you Mo Weekends out there. This is Danny with the Magic Our Way podcast. Kevin is out today. He's rehearsing for Cinderella. That's right. He's going to be playing in the new Cinderella musical that's coming down here at the Sanger. So always busy. Always busy. He works. Uh, so with me is Eli. Eli, say hello. Ah, hola. Yeah, buenos nachos. What's and, going on? <laughs> everything's going good. And the guy mm, laughing nachos. back there is uh, Lee. Lee, say hello. Hey, what's going on, my weekends? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I'm sorry. I was taking a swig <laughs> okay. of beer. I thought I thought you might say something a little bit longer than that. <laughs> but no matter. No, short and sweet. Cool. It's like your sex life. Um, <laughs> anyway. Like the race. Yeah. Short and sweet. Boom. So, guys, we're going to try and do something a little bit differently for you this, uh, this week. Uh, seeing that this episode is going to come out next week. And by the way, we're finally on track. Mm. All the past episodes have been released. Everything that's been in the bank is gone. Ooh. We are spent. <laughs> no money in the bank. I nope. know what that's like. Nope. Nothing to fall back on. But good news is, is that that has evened out the workflow a bit over here. So now the next show that I edit will be the current show that we're recording. And I feel good about that. All right. Yeah. No, look, you know, props to y'all, man. This is that's a that's a milestone. I mean, we're <laughs> actually approaching a milestone. We are. Know? We are. That's, that's big time, baby. I big really- time. I released two shows the other day, and uh, Keith, uh, Listener X, <laughs> commented on Twitter. He's like, wow, you guys are really working hard <laughs> to get to that 100th episode. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> it's that now we're trying to play catch up because we're so far behind. But we but. make it look easy. It's hard work. Yeah. But making it look easy to everybody else. He, Keith you know. thinks we're locked in here and like, okay, let's do the next one. Go. <laughs> no, that's no. So as I mentioned before, we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to do more of a Halloween-themed episode. We're going to tell a few ghost stories. We're going to talk about a few hauntings in Walt Disney World and in Disneyland as well. Disneyland has got far more ghosts in Walt Disney World, but we're just going to stick to a couple. Just going to stick to a couple because we could be here all night. And quite frankly, there are some imaginative people out there that have made up quite a few stories Mm. as well that have since been disproven. Um, but having said that, at the very end of it all, we're going to have a lot of fun doing a reimagining of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, because quite frankly, I went to one of the very first Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Parties, and there were so many more options on the table for you to do over there, whereas I kind of feel now with the 2015 party, a lot of the cooler stuff that there was to do back then are, is gone. So what we've done here is that we've gone through and given you one, that's right, one new Halloween type experience per land for you to enjoy at Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. Should the Disney Imagineers feel free to adopt said suggestion and add it for 2016. And I think that they should. But first, before we get all that fun, we got a really cool question that came in from Steve. It's a little unusual. So I kind of think it fits this Halloween style show. So here we go. Be our guest. Be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, Sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot order. All right, here's our email from Steve. 
Here's a question for you, and I hope you haven't covered this topic before, knowing the diverse nature of your show. Anyway, speaking of nature, my question is, what's the most unnatural pair of Disney characters? Kristoff and Sven? You know something ain't quite right about that relationship. Geppetto and Pinocchio? (laughs) After all, Geppetto whittled a little boy's genitalia. Or maybe Mickey and Duffy? Nuff said. Who's on your list? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Good question. Well... That definitely question. goes in the creepy category for yeah. Halloween. So yes, it well uh, the unnatural category is better uh, <laughs> a better fit for that. That is an awesome question though, and I man, I don't I think he trumped us on Geppetto and Pinocchio. I never even thought about the fact that Geppetto would have had to have. Well, we don't know. We don't know. I be old guys the love too. Could Pinocchio have been a eunuch? He could be. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> Now, now, if you if you a real dude, you don't build Pinocchio <laughs> to be a eunuch. You know, you wouldn't even draw a dick in art school. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It was just basically a you. So anyway, all right. <laughs> unusual pairs, guys. What do you got, Lee? Unusual pair. Um, so I got Mulan and Shang, only because it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like the Crying Game. <laughs> really it reminds me of. That movie like, was messed up she's too. A girl, but she's dressed like a guy. But uh, they kiss each other. But who doesn't know that she's a girl? Right. So that kind of struck me as a little odd. Okay. I mean, as long as she didn't have a little you, that mm-hmm. was it was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all worked out in the end. But you know, that's the first thing I thought about was like, <laughs> it's like the crying game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that is a uh, that's an excellent observation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that one, Eli. Are you, I say the first one that I had, I had, I, I had a couple, uh-huh. but the uh, main one I had was uh, Remy and Laguini from uh, Ratatouille. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't care how good you cook. <laughs> I know where your hands been, little rat. I just don't. That's just weird to me. I, I, I just always thought that was just. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I loved it. It was cool. But it's like if I was at home. And then, like, a cockroach came up. It's like, hey, I can fix your meal for tonight. I'm like, I'm okay. I got a microwavable plate right mm-hmm. here. I'm good with that. I, you know, this was another one that's always kind of concerned me. And I guess it really didn't fit in the Disney fold until, you know, last couple of years. But when it came to watching the Muppets, what was Gonzo's thing with that damn chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Gonzo was in love with that chicken. And I never really understood yeah, it. You're right. That was Really weird. He was very blatant about wanting to get with the chicken. And the chicken was always like, the chicken was bug-eyed and stuff. Yeah, didn't say, bark, bark. Like, uh, yeah. And, and the other Muppets didn't react to it. It wasn't like, that weirdo wants to get it on with the chicken. Well, there's a lot of weird stuff happening in the Muppet world. But, you know, a frog liking the pigs. So They're like, hey, we let yeah. that go. Guys, you can have the chicken. You know, I, I guess. Well, but at least the frog and the pig could have a conversation between them. So no one else talked to Camilla except for Gonzo. That's true. I'm assuming the conversations that he was having was in his own mind. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I don't know how, you know, you, I guess she was easy to pick up. Yeah, so uh, that was really, that was the one that really struck me as odd. That is odd. That is odd. Well, thank you so much, Steve. That was an awesome question, and it really kind of forced us to confront some harsh realities of our youth that we blocked out that really disturbed us at the time. But I do think that he nailed it on the head with Geppetto. That, that's a little bit creepier than most. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you so much for your email, man. Uh, you definitely get the true nature of this show. Uh, we do enjoy the unusual and unnatural over at the Magic Our Way podcast. So thank you for your question, and we're going to go ahead and over to the spookier side of things on this, our Halloween episode. 
All right, guys, so we thought it would be fun to start off with a few ghost stories. And these are legends that have been going around the parks for years now. And uh, quite frankly, there are a lot of these things. And we're just going to pick out a couple of uh, the more interesting ones just for the benefit of time here. The ones that have kind of been around the longest. And the one that I think is the most appropriate to start off with is the story of George. Are y'all familiar with the story of George? George, George, George in the jungle. <laughs> not, not that George. Not that George. Not Brendan Fraser. No. Weezer. <laughs> no, no. Not that George. No, not. Which George are you talking about? I'm talking about the George that inhabits the parts of the Caribbean attraction over at Walt Disney World. Ah, uh, that George. And depending on the legend that you hear, George was either a worker who died there when a beam fell on him during construction, or George was a welder who, during the Burning City segment of the ride, had to climb up high to this tower, and he was welding two beams together, lost his balance, and fell to his death. So it wasn't a friendly end for George. Yeah, either way, it's yeah, painful. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a very bad ending, and because of that, his spirit has stayed trapped within that attraction, and... For the most part, he's friendly, but he does have a, a temper if you disbelieve in his presence. So, uh, reading this article on WDW Magic, it says, George is generally regarded as a friendly ghost, but he has a reputation for making mischief for non-believers. Legend has it that the Pirates of the Caribbean cast members say good morning and good night to him each day so he doesn't muck up the works and cause breakdowns. Guests who profess not to believe in him sometimes feel his wrath. It's kind of interesting. I mean, maybe that's the reason why that ride breaks down so much. Well, um, one of the places in particular, and you always hear about people talking about feeling a strange sense of dread at this at this part where people, I've actually read where people were talking about, yeah, when I get to that part of the ride, I feel uneasy. It's right when you get to the part where the city's on fire, yeah. and then off to the right is the pirate um, with the pigs, I believe, and right above you is the guy with the, the foot swinging, mm -hmm. and people talk about feeling it. I felt... You know, uneasy at that part as well, but I always feel it's because I'm about ready to pass under a dirty, hairy foot that looks a little bit too realistic for my taste. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, that is uh, an actual story that exists within the, the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. I've never known to, to try it out. I'm kind of curious when we go over there uh, in, the, in the coming months. Uh, in the coming month, I should say. Uh, I'm kind yeah. of curious when we go over there in the coming month to find out whether or not this is this is true or not. Although I don't want to get stuck on a ride <laughs> for half a day because I disrespected a ghost. You don't want to be stuck under the dangling feet. Yeah. Yeah, I'll blame you. A, a very insecure ghost who really <laughs> needs lots of attention and love. <laughs> yeah, supposedly you're supposed to, when, you, uh, when the fire scene started, you're supposed to shout George three times. So we'll have to try that out when we go. See if we get anything out of it. Now, I, I've also heard stories where people have seen strange um, sightings in and around the Pirates area. People have uh, noticed doors that were open that should have been closed. Women have had their bra straps yanked by George. Well, but George is a construction worker for the most part. <laughs> I cannot blame him for that. Well, no, no word on whether or not there's been any cat calls or whistles <laughs> throughout it, but it would make sense. There you go. So uh, that's the story of George over there. Uh, what do you think? Do, do you believe? It can't hurt. It can't hurt? It can't hurt. I think, though, yeah, when we go, yeah, I'll, I'll say George, you know, three times. And if I hear something, go, thanks. I'll be like, all right, look, uh, <laughs> that's the last time I'm on this ride. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, there's a, an author, I'm not sure if y'all have ever heard of him before, David Koenig. He does a lot of the Disney books. Uh, he really kind of started off with a lot of Disneyland books. He did a Reality Land series where he kind of debunked the myth of George, where he went back and he meticulously researched it and could not find one instance where any worker died during construction of Pirates of the Caribbean. So, apparently there is no record of anybody named George ever passing away on Pirates uh, while in construction on Pirates of the Caribbean. So that part of it is... Good paperwork. <laughs> Either that or, you know, the, maybe there's some union workers involved and someone made something disappear because these legends seem to always come from a little nugget of truth. So, and, and the, the cast members there swear by it. Oh, wow. Okay. This is something to where this is an everyday, you know, facet of their life. It, whether it's you believe it or not, it is a reality that if you do not do these things, if you disrespect this ghost, he will cause all kinds of havoc on your ride. So always better safe than sorry. You know, <laughs> I was like, if, if we have to, we could go there and like we could we could totally set it up. We could just name one of us George. Yeah. And then that way we go down there, it happens, we see George, 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 and then everybody else on the ride don't think we crazy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you talking to your friend? Like, yeah. Hey, George, if you're around by the stinky feet, hey. You know, this might be a good intro from Fish on Woo to do during Pirates of the Caribbean uh -huh. is to do the George thing and see if anything mysterious happens. There you go. Mm. Hey, if you got to go to war, send the chief. Yeah. Maybe you like get a message from the other side or <laughs> through his recording that we could play. Yeah, he'd be like, live from the burning building by the cheesy fetus, George. <laughs> Say good evening. And the next ghost story centers around the haunted mansion. And I know what you're thinking. There are lots of ghosts in the haunted mansion, so what's one more? Well, this one's a little bit creepier. Now, this, is, this one is taking place over in Disneyland, not in Disney World. Although, from what I understand, this has happened in both parks. But apparently, there's kind of an issue with people who have had loved ones that loved going to Disney World, loved going to Disneyland, and have passed on, and their relatives think it would be a fitting tribute to scatter their ashes amongst their favorite rides. And this is something that has happened uh, more than once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read about that, yeah. And it, it's quite unfortunate, and, and Disney tries to tell you, please don't do this, because when you do this, I have to go ahead and get on the phone with a hazmat team, get them to come in, and get them to vacuum up your loved ones with a hoover <laughs> <laughs> and dispose of them as we see fit. Well, right. apparently this happened where uh, a mother came to the Haunted Mansion and requested permission at Disneyland to scatter her son's ashes in the Haunted Mansion, to which she was told no. And she said, okay, I understand. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and ride it then. And they're like, well, okay. Sorry for your loss. Have a, have a, go ahead and ride it. And yeah, okay. Well, she just scattered the ashes anyway. Crazy. <laughs> scattered the ashes anyway. And they had to shut down the rod. They had to clean it out. Well, ever since then. There is a little boy that appears within the Haunted Mansion. Sometimes he's seen within the ballroom area. Sometimes he's seen at the exit crying. Perhaps looking for his mother. Perhaps wondering why. <laughs> he got, yeah, abandoned. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I'm just going to spend all of eternity in a haunted house. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you just have kept me in the urn on the shelf in the house, Ma? <laughs> Please. Couldn't have scattered my ashes in the Playboy Mansion, Ma. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm, I'm, I, 
I don't want to cut. I don't want to cut this. But that, yeah, that's 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 a little messed up. Like you know, that's like that's like Joe Beth Williams mm-hmm. saying to little Caroline, "Look, I got the cable guy to come in here and shove you in the TV." You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like you just that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just wrong. You know? Why not just scatter the ashes like in and around Disney World itself, like a little bit? Can, can I go like on the Haunted Mansion one day and Pirates the other day? <laughs> You know, maybe a little bit on uh, Big Thunder Mountain. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, it's like maybe I don't want to be in a in, in a haunted house for the rest. I mean, I love Haunted Mansion, but I I, I want to see other things while I'm in Disney World. I so, mean, but can you put it someplace happier too? Yeah, well, can that, we have that? That would be nice. But anyway, there is a uh, a photo of this little boy. Now, if you see this thing, to me, it looks like a, a fake. I mean, this is one of those things where. You kind of have to take the photographer's word for it. But according to him, he was in the dune buggy and he was taking pictures around and there was nobody else in the attraction. And he takes a picture forward. And when you see the picture, there's a little boy's face craning out from behind one of the dune buggies looking at. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And you can see this picture online. Now, if you go ahead and actually look at it, I, I don't know how you don't first come away with the conclusion that the man is obviously lying or mistaken and a little boy that was in one of the dune buggies in front just so happened to stick his neck out of the car and look back. Because that's clearly what it looks like to me. It's hard to imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah, I mean, say. It's a picture. It's definitely somebody sticking their head out. But and Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems kind of hard to stick your head out of those Buggies. Am I wrong about that? I'm- Not if you got Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's that hard. I mean, I've done that before when uh, I've ridden with my family. My nephew or niece have been in the next car. I've done that before. But I got to be honest, I've never tried that particular angle to look that far back. I'm always looking ahead. Uh, I might have to try that. I don't know. I, I think, like, it depends on how old this kid is. But he's a ghost. And probably not real, because he'd probably like be playing Xbox or something, not even paying attention to you know, anybody <laughs> on the ride. You know, I, that's what I would go. Interesting. I thought this was a cool <laughs> little side. I thought this was a cool side note, though. It says in this article it says that you know we've all heard stories of well-meaning but non-too bright guests dumping the ashes on the cremated, cremated loved ones in various Disney rides. Seriously, the Haunted Mansion even sells urns to the sway guests. From leaving human remains behind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. Like, I didn't know they sold urns at the haunted mansion. Well, for it to be such a common problem, I don't know. I'm sure the actual urns that they sell are more decorative. Yeah. I'm sure it's not actually meant to, to you know, like for <laughs> contracting out to like uh, funeral homes to, to actually play. I'm sure it's more decorative, and, and it's not really meant to be an urn. Kind of thing, but it is, you know, it's it's funny to note that people that this is actually a common problem. Well, that makes sense, though. I mean, you know, again, this is a thing of you know taking care of your guests. I mean, you know, there's other people there. I mean, let's say the wind blows, now you got some dead person in your face. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Blowing your face. You don't, you don't want that if you're if you're Disney. I I, I can see that. That's for respect of the other guests. You know, no, it's that's like like Big Lebowski. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. I mean, you know, that's like walking in on somebody while in the bathroom. You know, it's just like, oops, sorry. Mm-hmm. You know. All right, Lee, why don't you give us the next one? So um, I didn't know about this. This is kind of creepy. But in Tom Sawyer Island on Disneyland, uh, several ghosts have been spotted roaming and running around Tom Sawyer Island. This happened on a grad night. Uh, Incident led to the death of at least one teenage boy in the River of America after he jumped in and drowned in the water. Uh, But 
Supposedly, after dark, cast members and even guests have said they see someone staring back at them. Oh, staring back to the shores from the island once Tom Sawyer Island is no longer open for the day. Small children are also said to be seen on the island. It's unknown why they are there, if they are, but screams of joy and running figures have been seen after hours from the island. Interesting. So I guess like when you're not not actually on the island, but like when you're looking at it across the river or something, people see this. Hmm. That's kind of spooky. It is spooky. The only thing I would say with regards to that is that it seems kind of hard to believe that the reason that they're dead is that they never made it to the other side of the island because they drowned. But in death, they actually got to the other side of the island. Isn't that creepy? Shutter Island? Either that or they made it over the first time, but didn't make it back. Oh, I was going to say, like, they made it over the first time, didn't like it, and they came back. Could have been either or. So that's the only thing that uh, that gives me pause to, to wonder is... is in death, you achieve what you did not achieve in life, and that is to get to the other side, but now you're stuck there? You don't like it. Yeah, it could be. You know, it's like finding a, a different job. You're like, oh, that looks cool, you know? And then you go there, like, yeah, I don't like this. I like my other job better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, the grass is always greener on the other, other side. Yeah. <laughs> and Lee, there's one more, and this one's about Walt, isn't it? Yeah, um, this one kind of gave me a little bit of a pause when I read it. Um, the story is that um, shortly after Walt's death, um, one of the custodial staff was cleaning his apartment and turned the lamp off after she left and locked up. Um, she got outside, she looked up and saw that the light was still on. Now, thinking she may have forgotten, she went back inside and turned, uh, turned it off a second time. She leaves, looks up again, and the light is on again. So she returns to the apartment one more time, but doesn't leave this time. It just turns the lamp off and stays there. Immediately, she hears a clicking sound, and the lamp turns itself back on right in front of her. She runs out of the apartment screaming, and ever since, the park has kept the lamp burning as a tribute to Walt Disney, still watching over his life's work that he loved. Mm. Now, I, I, I find it hard to believe that they left the light on because of that one incident, but I, I know that they've always left that on as a tribute to Walt, but... Hey, do I buy that if there's such a thing as ghosts that Walt Disney would be in Disneyland? Oh, absolutely. Sure. You got to believe that, right? That if there's a... If, if Walt Disney could appear anywhere, he, it would be in the park that he loved. Yeah. Oh, he didn't like the maid. He wanted to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> I can see that. So, anyway, guys, a lot of these are legends. A lot of these are myths. Some of the... You just... You don't know... Did these things happen? Sometimes you got to take people's word for these kind of things. So it's hard to tell whether or not, you know, this stuff is real. Kind of like the whole George thing. I mean, could someone have died in there named George and that's how the rumor got started? Maybe it didn't quite happen the way they said it did. And But it, yes, it could have. But it it's hard to verify these kind of stories that start off as myths. But... In doing the research for a lot of this, I, you know, I kind of found that there have been... And I'm just focusing on Disney World itself. There have been a lot of deaths in, in the Disney World parks. And, and of course, it's car accidents that ha occur around property, uh, the buses and everything like that. We all know about the monorail crash, the purple monorail that, where, the, where the driver got killed. What I also found out, man, I didn't even realize this. this is, you want to talk about creepy, is the amount of young children that they found drowned in resort hotel pools. 
where they get away from the parents, they go into the pool, parent doesn't catch them, and they drown. I mean, it's it's a really sad. T- I'm not going to go into it because you'd be like, man, I ain't going never to that resort again. Yeah, but that, hap- that, that happens a lot. Yeah, that happens that, in, like, if you have a pool in your backyard. That right, happens, yeah. yeah. So um, that, that's one of the reasons we never, we had an option of buying a, a house with a pool. No, not, not doing that. Not, I'll blame you there. Not until the feet can touch the ground. There you go. Um, but anyway, um, the deaths that have occurred in the park themselves usually turn out to be something that was either the result of, you know, a pre-existing medical condition, be it a heart or, or whatever, that was aggravated by being on a particular attraction. But what I found out that there have been quite a few very violent, traumatic deaths that have occurred within the park itself. And it's been theorized with uh, hauntings that a lot of times when you have a a traumatic event that it can imprint on that environment. And that imprint, um, it can be sensed and felt by people, maybe even sometimes seen by people. And that is a lot of the theory behind I mean, you ever notice why some of the more haunted places are places of, of, you know, mental institutions or, or, or battlefields or stuff like that. It's because a lot of bad stuff happened there. Yeah. And those things tend to imprint. And I just, there was a couple that you could look at, but there were at least three. And these were three I never even heard of before. That happened solely in Walt Disney World. That the next time you're in the park, think about this. Because these, these events actually did happen. And if, there, if there's any truth... To the notion that these things can imprint and leave it, there is a chance, there is a chance that these things could have left their impression. These parks could be haunted. And the, and the first one was that uh, it happened on February 14th, 1999, where a 65-year-old part-time custodian, and I'm going to withhold his name here, uh, was sweeping off a narrow skyway platform inaccessible to park guests an hour after the park opened when other cast members, unaware of his presence, just started up the ride. And this is the Skyway. This is the, the attraction that Kevin used to pitch quarters off of. All right, so it, this doesn't exist anymore. But he's standing there. He's sweeping up. Nobody sees that he's there. They switch on the ride. And this really happened. So startled by the approaching Skyway car, the man was unable to avoid being pushed from the platform off of off of the... Um, he's on the thing. The, the station that, that, that's leading out into from Fantasyland over towards Tomorrowland. Ooh. And so as he's being pushed out in an attempt to try to save himself, he grabbed onto the side of the car and scrambled to try and pull himself up and get inside the car, but he was just unable to lift himself up. And he hung there for over a minute as the, the lift went from about 10 oh. feet, which he may have survived, to about a 40-foot drop. And somewhere right around by where Dumbo used to be, he lost his grip and he fell 40 feet into a flowered bed. He was dead on arrival at a local hospital and the Skyway, ironically enough, was already scheduled to be closed. I mean, this happened in February 1999. It was already scheduled to be closed. It finally did close in November 10th of 1999. Wow. Wow. All right, no joke, but the only thing I can say is why didn't he just be like, stop? Or like yell at us. Wow. Well, but I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna stop. It's not gonna stop you from hanging. <laughs> well, yeah, but I. No one saw him by the time. It, I mean, what would you have done in that instance? I, I wouldn't mean, have slept up there in the first place. But slept? Yeah. Did you say slept? He was no he was, swept. 
He was just sweeping. He was sweeping. Oh, man. Well, they got to work on their schedule. <laughs> well, they were sued and they had to pay money and that kind of thing happened. But in other words, wow. that was a very violent, very traumatic event That's, that happened. Yeah. And that happened in full view of guests. That happened while the park was in operation. Oh, like people, kids walking around, saw the guy. Yes. Th this was after the park had opened. Oh, wow. So that was one event. Um, also on February 11th, 2004, a 38-year-old employee who was dressed as Pluto was in the backstage area near Frontierland about to enter into the public area of the park for the uh, Share a Dream Come True Parade. So as the parade rolled out, he was about to pass into public view near where the parade exit, where the parade enters out and right by a uh, Splash Mountain. When as he's walking, he trips and falls. Well, he's right by a float. He trips, he falls, he stumbles, he stumbles right in front of the, the Beauty and the Beast float. And there was just no time. The Beauty and the Beast float ran him over and what? instantly, yes, killed him. Wow. And that's one of those areas, I gotta be honest with you, like at night, I've walked that area where you're, right where that the, the floats roll out from Frontier, that is a kind of a creepy little area to walk in when you're walking over there at night. There is a little bit sense of dread that I get when I walk over there. It's like, ooh, this is kind of, this is kind of creepy. But I mean, yeah, man, to have been run over, run yeah. over and, and just boom, just because you tripped. And there just wasn't enough time to, to move out of the way by the time you realized what was happening to be crushed. Oh, that's crazy. Well, and this last one, this is, talk about crazy, this is where it really kind of gets insane. Uh, on September 12th, 1992, a 37-year-old man entered into Epcot about an hour and a half after the park closed. He and his girlfriend, uh, his ex-girlfriend, were separated and uh he was none too happy about that he apparently wasn't quite right in the head he goes to epcot about an hour and a half after closing he confronts a guard at the park and demands to see his ex-girlfriend and is refused two other guards have to come over and they're confronting the man now and all of a sudden out of a little nylon bag next to him he produces a 12 gauge shotgun <laughs> He fires three shots at the first guard as the guard's running away. He misses. The other two guards are right next to him. They stop when they hear the first shot. They freeze. He takes them hostage. And it, this whole thing is happening in a, in a right there by the journey into the imagination pavilion. So, <laughs> Orange County deputies surround the area. The guy releases the hostages and emerges from the, the bathroom with the shotgun held to his chest. And he starts yelling at the deputy, shoot me, you're gonna have to shoot me. You're gonna have to kill me in order to get me out of here. And finally he just takes and puts the gun to his head and fires, blows half his head off. And even as the, the deputies come over to try to help resuscitate him with first aid, his body as dying is still fighting them off until he finally passes away and is pronounced dead on arrival over at the hospital. And that's right over there by Journey to Imagination, which again is another little place if you've passed by there at night. So it feels a little creepy when there's nobody else around. Wow. Um, but yeah, another violent traumatic death that happened within the park itself. That's crazy though. He was still fighting the cops off. He's like, kill me. And he's like, I killed myself. You guys didn't do it. Get that, off of me. Yeah. Dang. Wow. Now, we talk about this, and again, and it's just to kind of illustrate the point that 
these instances can leave an impression that who knows. Now I haven't heard, yeah. I haven't heard anything about any hauntings in connection with any of those three instances, but the next two instances I have read reports of hauntings on, and these are also confirmed deaths that have happened within the park. And that's that in, in 2005, there was a four-year-old boy who died on uh, the new Mission Space ride over at uh, Epcot. And since then, cast members, and that's true, you can go look that up and you'll find it, and cast members still to this day claim to feel cold spots in the terminal where he passed away. Oh, wow. And sometimes the shell doors on, you know, will open and close on Mission Space when they're not supposed to. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah, they say that, you know, yeah, if, if, if the, the spirit is, like, unrested, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it will stay. It doesn't want to go or it's not, not its time. Yeah, well, I mean, again, these things, they can... Yeah. All right, what time do these things happen? Because that's another thing. Like, if this happens a certain time at night, I'm going to a different part of the park. <laughs> I'll be there during the day, you know? I, I'm not saying these things. That, look, I've been to this park a million times before. Like I said, I, I've felt little feelings here and there. But generally, I mean, I think we've all had things happen to us in our, our personal life. I've seen things, you know, that I can't explain. I, I think it has to do with how perceptive you are. But we can get to that in, in a minute. Last one is... In 2000, there was a, a St. Petersburg man who died on Splash Mountain. And the story goes that he was having a, as he was riding the ride, he started to feel himself having a heart attack. And when the log stopped at the top of the drop going down into that laughing place area, he climbed out of the log and was struck by another boat coming and he died of blunt force trauma to the chest. He's well, since then, the sensors on that ride in that section give high water level warnings when there is no problem. And also one of the cast members doing a ride through reported seeing a dark shadow moving around the room of the zippity doodah scene uh, when absolutely nothing was there to cast a shadow. So that's another, there's a second one where people kind of report, you know, having seen something where something is actually confirmed to have happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, creepy stuff, you know, but it... it Again, you're talking about a place where thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people visit every single year, millions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, things are going to happen. People are going to pass away. I mean, if if you're one who believes in hauntings, I mean, of course you'd have to believe that some of these things happen. I mean, and this isn't even getting into the resorts. The resorts themselves have strange and unusual stories that have happened in them. I know oh. there's rooms over in Port Orleans where people have had. Um, issues shall we say um but yeah uh it's kind of strange and unusual isn't it it's a strange and unusual world we live in but as we were saying before i've had things happen to me that i can't explain things that i've actually physically witnessed that i know i witnessed that i have no explanation for how that happened so i totally believe in this kind of stuff now in some of these instances like uh if you look around you'll see reports of like well the small world dolls move when the electricity is turned off well you know stuff like that happens I'll tell you this much. The other day, I, I come home from work. And I get into my house. I go upstairs. I'm changing. And I hear a rapid at the, a knocking at the door. That's what it sounded like to me is, is it was happening at the door. It was at least downstairs. I go running down, expecting to see somebody at the door. No one's at the door. I open the door. I look out, look around. Nothing. Close the door. And I'm like, what was that? I must have been hearing things. Searched around the house to make sure. Because sometimes my wife leaves a little side gate open. And... We have these little 
kids out there on the block that, you know, have gotten into some trouble in our neighborhood for doing some bad things. Oh, yeah, I saw them once. Yeah. Um, so I checked around, like, oh, nothing going on here. So I sat down at the table and I started, ironically enough, editing one of these shows. <laughs> As I'm editing one of these podcasts, the TV in the front room goes on for no reason. And I walk in there and first thing I'm looking for is a remote. Where's the remote? It's sitting right there on a table in full view of where I was looking. As soon as the TV went on, there was no way, there was no cat that jumped on. There was no, the TV just came on by itself. Now, do I believe that something supernatural and not necessarily? No. Sometimes when it comes to electronic things can be weird. Yeah, it could be automatic timer for a show or something. Exactly. It, pop on. Power surge. It's, uh, who knows? Who knows? And that's what I'm saying with regards to this whole small world thing where the dolls will move when the rides shut off or doors will close when they're not supposed to close. I mean, technology just kind of does what it wants to do sometimes. It's just... It's electricity, yeah. There you go. Natural natural thing, but mm -hmm. yeah, they, they, there's so much stuff in the world, so many different mysteries. Mm -hmm. Lee, have you ever experienced anything supernatural? Mm, I, I can't say I have. You need to talk to my wife. Oh really? My wife, yeah, my wife has some spooky stories to tell. Can you can you give us one? Um, I'm trying to think of one. No, I can't think of it right now. I'm sorry. Too scary to tell. <laughs> the ghost is sitting right there. Lee doesn't want to think about it. He's like, I'm alone. I'm in a hotel. Yeah, room. I'm in a hotel. <laughs> <myself."> I, don't <laughs> <bl> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I'm, I'm a little wigged out and all this like. I'll tell you this one. This is one of my, and I'm, I'm sure I've told you this one before as well. So this will be the first time you've ever heard this, Lee. It's the, the freakiest thing that's ever happened in my life. Because I've seen things here to there, but nothing ever as concrete as this. And I swear to Christ, what I'm about to tell you is 100% true. So way back in the day, I used to smoke. And, and I was living over at my mom's house in mid-city New Orleans. And by the way, New Orleans is one of the most haunted cities in the world or whatever country. I don't know. I don't know how you categorize that. But um, I'm outside in the backyard and I went outside to go smoke a cigarette. And uh, one thing you should know about the houses in New Orleans is they're all raised. They're all in these little uh, pylons uh, because we tend to flood around here. Uh, I'd be surprised if Quite you hadn't heard that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I still get a tour group coming by every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> It, Eli lives in the uh, ninth, lower ninth ward, which infamously uh, flooded pretty bad during Katrina. Yeah. Um, but these houses are on, on raised pylons, and my old house was about what, three feet up, two to three feet up off of, uh, on the pylons. And what people do is in in between these pylons, they put like these little metal screens or aluminum siding to kind of block rodents and yeah. animals from getting underneath your house. Yeah, lattice or whatever. There you go. I'm in the backyard. I'm having a cigarette. Now, there's a gate around that part of the backyard where, you know, it's one of those old shotgun houses where the ba it's a very elongated house. It's not <laughs> shotgun houses in New Orleans just go way back. And so you can't necessarily see what's happening, you know, just by looking off to the side of the house towards the front of the house, particularly back then because we had a garage. But anyway, as I'm standing there, the wind starts to pick up and it's really, really noticeable. And it was a really nice night. I remember that much of it. It was really, really noticeable. The wind just started to rush and pick up and blow. And all of a sudden, it was like 
I can't really quite explain how I knew it was happening, but it was like the wind was delivering something down and all of a sudden I felt it hit the ground. And as it hit the ground, it was running. And it sounded like an animal running and it was running directly towards me. And as it happened, now I'm standing in there staring at our fence and I'm kind of backing up because again, I can't see out towards. So I start backing up towards the back entrance of our house to kind of get a sense of, okay, what, what, am, I, what am I hearing here? And what exactly is going on? As I'm doing that, I hear this thing hit underneath our house and it's making a beeline right towards where I'm standing. I veered off towards the right towards the railing to walk up into the steps because I'm not sure what's and at this point in time I'm not thinking there's anything supernatural about this I'm thinking there's some kind of rabid dog or something out there this thing comes along as I'm standing there holding the railing getting ready to walk in it hits the aluminum siding right by the the, the steps right where I was and I let go of the, the railing and I start walking towards it to see if I can see what's on the other side through the little gap in the aluminum siding that has now bent in and I could hear some of the most horrific snarls and growls and it, 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 I'm serious, it was just like, you know, a wild animal was in there growling and snarling at me and as it's doing that, this orange liquid, this orange viscous liquid starts to drip from the top of the aluminum siding that's bent inward towards the animal down it. As soon as I see that, I'm like, whoa. I walk inside the house, I go, and I'm like in my early 20s at this point. I go to my mom and dad's room, knock on the door, say, hey, guys, um, there's a wild animal underneath <laughs> this house, and it's pretty big. Uh, we're gonna have to call somebody. And they're like, what are you talking about? Because they're waking up out of a dream. And I was like, come here, I'll show you. They come out there, they come see, there's nothing there. The siding isn't bent. The little orange viscous liquid is gone. It's like nothing ever happened. And to this day, I have no explanation for it. People have accused me of having like an acid flashback or something. I would <laughs> love it if that was true. That would be a hell of an explanation because even to this day, there are times like around here at night where I'll go ahead and take a walk to try and stay in shape and the wind will pick up and it will remind me of that moment where I'll be like, ooh. You need to get your butt back home. Let's <laughs> so say there's some creature out there hunting you. I had to say, um, yeah, if it was a horror movie, yeah, it'd be some brothers in the film like, get in the house now. <laughs> so yeah, that is the creepiest thing that ever happened to me. I have no explanation for it whatsoever. Um, but it, it definitely took place, and it's something like I said, it still stays with me. Whenever I'm outside, it's alone. It, I'm alone. It's night, and the wind picks up. All of a, I, I inevitably I'll be reminded of that moment. That's crazy, man. That's not even like, oh, I felt the chill or something like that. That's no, no. Yeah, something came for you. And, yeah. yeah, and and I felt look, I felt the chills before thing. Here's the other thing that you should know about that house. So, and I, I found this out recently, actually. Like I always used to report hearing things, seeing things in my room. My mom and dad thought I was crazy. I would feel a presence uh, for the longest time. Up until I was 10, I would leave my bed and either go sleep in the bed with my sister or sleep at the foot of my mom and dad's bed because there was something about that room that just creeped me out. And I just got chills and I couldn't stand being in there. And... They would make fun of me and they would even get, even as I got to be an adult, if I was alone in that house, I had to put on the TV or something. It was something that creeped me out about being in that room. And it wasn't until much later on 
we were about ready to buy a house um, in Metairie. Before we bought this one, we were about ready to buy a house. And, you know, I, I researched the owners of the house prior to that. And I found out that one of the ladies died in the house. And I'm like, heck with that. I'm not buying a house that anyone died in. My wife thought we were, I was crazy. And like, what are you talking about? Like, somebody died in that house. I'm not doing that. That's just, it's creepy. I, you know, I've seen things. I believe in certain things. And uh, yeah, no, no, thank you. It's not that great of a house for me to, to, to put up with that. No, no, thank you. Well, um, we tell the story to my mom and dad, and then they convey to me like, well, you lived in our house and someone died in your room. Like, excuse me? It's like, no, the person that we, we bought the house from, I mean, which got, we bought it from her estate because she'd passed away and she died in the room that you were in. Well, don't you know, I just about fussed at them up and down. It's like, all those damn times that I told you and y'all looked at me like I was crazy. Wow. And you're going to tell me that something actually did happen in that room. You so-and-so. So anyway, uh, yeah. So I tried to laugh. I just said, yeah, I'll, I can see you fussing. Oh, God, man. I lost it. I mean, I really, it, it was like, it was validation of everything I'd felt. But at the same time, it was like. I would never do that to my child. What kind of mental child? Give him the room where the, the, the woman died. Okay, <laughs> like, He'd be all right. You're the adult. You'll get the death room. <laughs> like, hell no. We ain't getting there. I want to be the house, room. dude. <laughs> That's enough. So, guys, uh, that is uh, a little bit of a behind-the-scenes kind of look into... Little things going on within your favorite Disney parks. Little things going on with your favorite Disney podcast hosts. Um, <laughs> different things here and there that might be a little spooky, might be a little bit Halloween appropriate. Uh, but from there, we're gonna we're gonna pick it up and do something a little bit uh, happier, a little bit Happy less good. spooky, a little bit not so scary, but still Halloweenish. But still Halloweenish. And of course, we're talking about Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. And what's got us talking about this, and uh, it was actually an idea that Lee had that I thought was a really good idea, because you know, I went to one of the very first Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween parties. And then uh, Eli and I, we went to one, and I want to say it was like 2009, I, I want to say it was when we went, and then I was looking at the itinerary for the 2015 one, because I remember it as being such a great event, and I remember we got a question um, from one of the listeners about any tips, and I had a couple of ideas uh, surrounding it. But when I kind of looked into it, I was like, okay, well, what are they doing now? I saw like maybe two or three things that they still did from when I went, but a lot of the stuff that that was available to do when I went isn't there anymore. They just don't do it anymore. And uh, just a quick comparison here. This is what I noticed. Okay, so between 2015 and 2004, both of them still had the Booty You Halloween Parade. Now, I'm sure the uh, 2015 one probably has better effects, better floats than the original uh 2004 one but nevertheless they both had fireworks uh they do happy hollow wishes now i think what they were doing back then it was hard to me to kind of look back that far but i think what they were doing was halloween fantasy in the sky at that point okay. i remember uh Anna and i watching it and i'll get to where we saw it from because we were eating dinner because um well i'll just get into it now one of the things that they used to do back then that they don't do anymore was character dining during these events. And, and at the Liberty Tree Tavern, you could go ahead and have a, um, a dinner on Halloween. They had special Halloween drinks, special Halloween um, dessert. Uh, the I remember it was Minnie, I remember it was Goofy, and they had their Halloween costumes on, they would come around. So there was character dining themed around Halloween that they don't do anymore. And what, what we did was while we were eating there, 
um, the fireworks had started and they let us go outside and watch the fireworks and kind of come back. So we didn't get to kind of get the full effect of the fireworks from front of the castle, but it was basically the fireworks going on to Halloween music. Um, but again, uh, you know, I'm sure Happy Hollow Wishes has so many advancements have Couple logs since. There you go. Um, both had trick or treating. That that hasn't changed. Both had special character appearances. I remember that's when we f saw the entire seven dwarves and thought that it was the coolest thing in the world. Um, <clears throat> both of them have character dance parties. That is just a hard ticket event, you know, thing that they just they always do. They did it for Pirate and Princess. They do it for very um, very Merry Christmas. And the other thing that the 2015 uh, Not So Scary Party does, which it kind of prides itself on, is the Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular, which is a stage show they do themed around Halloween, which features, you know, the Sanderson sisters uh, from that we were talking about before. And um, obviously that's something different. When we went, and we didn't stay and watch it, but again, just looking back on it, what I saw that was over there at the time was the Cinderella Surprise Celebration, which was a simple... Know, stage show that they did they just ran it at night that time that kind of thing so again it wasn't quite so um halloween themed but nevertheless uh they did give you a castle show here's what the 2004 <clears throat> scary not so scary ha halloween party had that doesn't exist uh currently and i'm gonna leave off the liberty tree tavern character dining that we discussed earlier but uh storytelling there was Halloween storytelling locations all throughout the park where you could go to and they were labeled on your map and they would tell you legends of Halloween. And I remember going to one, I, I want to say it was a Headless Horseman they were talking about uh, when we went, it was so long ago. Um, but it was kind of cool because you went there and there were storytellers and they would tell you different little spooky legends and it kind of gave it more of an authentic Halloween kind of experience. Whereas, you know, last time we went, Basically, everything that you really needed to see, you just stayed on Main Street, and you got the full... Right of it. Yeah, exactly. This one, you kind of ventured out into the park a little bit, and you kind of, you could hear some stories. The other thing that they did, which I thought was really cool, they did this Halloween riverboat ride on the uh, Liberty Bell on the uh, Rivers of America, where you went around, and they had the Dapper Dans were there, and they were all dressed as kind of like zombies, but not like... Zombie, zombie. It's like just, you know, the darker makeup, you know, kind oh. of like skeletal kind of thing. And they were, I think they were the cadaver dance, not the dapper dance, but the cadaver dance. And again, they did like music and they did uh, scary stories, entertainment, that kind of thing. And it was cool. And, and I remember they were narrating um, this long tale as the river was going in. And it, it, was, it was connected within the river in some kind of a way. I can't remember exactly what the story was. I almost wish that, you know, there was something on YouTube. Uh, that you go back and kind of relive that, but um, yeah, I, I didn't find anything with regards to that. But I remember being there, I remember going on it and thinking, wow, how cool is that? That's something that doesn't exist anymore. Um, this one I'm not so sure about. I couldn't find where it was listed on any of the park maps, but I remember when we went, there was an Alice in Wonderland trick-or-treat path that was all themed and every character from the White Rabbit, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, Alice... Mad Hatter, you name it, was along this path giving out candy. And it was like the, it was on that little path right between the speedway, right right between Tomorrowland and, and Fantasyland. You know that little back path that they have, Lee, where there's kind of like nothing there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where it was. It was really kind of cool because we just kind of stumbled across it. And it was like, what's this, Alice in Wonderland? And we just went over. And, of course, my wife was a big Alice in Wonderland fan, so she loved it. 
So, um, anyway, there were all kinds of little things, and so that got us to talking. It's like, okay, well, what could they do now? What could they do now to improve upon Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party? And so we came up with a, a couple of suggestions, and we did it by land. We did uh, one for Main Street. We did one for Adventureland, one for Fran Frontierland, Tomorrowland, Liberty Square, and finally Fantasyland. So we have decided we're, we're plussing Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party with one Halloween-style attraction, overlay, point of interest, whatever you want to call it, per land to kind of, you know, give it a little something to compete with Universal Studios. I mean, you, you, you're not going to get the... the older crowd that are into the blood and guts. It, that's just not what Disney does. But I do kind of feel like now you're, you're paying a lot of money for a hard ticket event, which is basically centered around just hanging around Main Street and then the rest of it's just kind of riding the rides like you would normally do. You're just not waiting in line. And well, obviously the park is lit a little better. Halloween style lighting, Halloween style music. So that's kind of cool. But again, um, I'd like to see there be more and we'd like to see there be more. So we're going to start off with Main Street. What would we do to help add a little pizzazz to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party on Main Street? I'm going to turn this over to Lee. Lee, tell the good people out there what we would do to help plus Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party in Main Street. So what we thought was we would just have the villains take over the entire castle. Uh, and that would include uh, Cinderella's and Baby Bobbity Boutique. Uh, we could even do like a stage show outside, but basically somehow the villains will just overtake the castle and run the castle uh, for the whole evening of the party. So, for example, we could take Cinderella's Royal Table and we could have uh, a lot of the villains there to meet and greet and eat and all that stuff. So you could kind of get back to that um, dessert party, but uh, make it a dining party. Yeah. Uh, you could have Cruella de Vil there, uh, the Queen of Hearts, Ursula. Um, Maleficent, uh, Maleficent, etc., etc. Evil um, Queen, Evil Queen, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so all those people you think of when you really think of the old school classic uh, Disney villains. Um, now, what would you guys think as far as um, would we rename it? Would it take on a different name, or would we just hijack Cinderella's Royal Table? Who would be the main draw for Cinderella's Royal Table? Well, you've got to think that if it's a takeover of Cinderella's castle, it would be led by Maleficent because she seems to sure. be the quintessential Disney villain. And then since they're already taken over the castle, then we could do a they could take over actually Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and then it would become Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and they would make you over uh, like a Halloween style makeover. Mm -hmm. Maybe even make you into a villain, something like that. So that could be pretty cool, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even if you're not a villain, like a Halloween princess or a cool zombie yeah, sure. or something, you know, like they do kind of a similar kind of thing over in. Um, yeah, so just like uh, they have the Pirate League over in Adventureland, you could do something like that. So uh, maybe a scarier version of, uh, you know, a princess or something like that. Yeah. So uh, we thought that would be cool. Then next, we would uh, Adventureland. Yeah. Eli, you want to take Adventureland? Yeah, I'll go with that. All right. All right, so uh, the idea I had for Adventureland was to go and do a scavenger hunt. Uh, we would send in the theme around Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween theme, characters that uh, everybody knows and loves. 
So the premise here would be that uh, Oogie Boogie would capture Jack's main lady, Sally. And in the process of bringing her around different areas of the park, uh, she loses herself, literally. <laughs> so uh, there's different body parts that's, uh, that's around there. And you, as the, uh, as the guest, would have to help put Sally back together for the love of Jack. So the way that we would do this is that you would go ahead and have a device uh, a la Kim Possible or uh, Phineas and Ferb, mm-hmm. right, that the cast member would give you. You go ahead to each uh, area, which would be uh, precluded by some sort of clue or riddle. When you got to the right area and you found Sally's uh, part, Sally would wave at you or maybe, you know, shake a, a part at you to let you know. You got it right. And then the next riddle would uh, come up from there. So you're basically on the trail of Mr. Oogie Boogie. (laughs) All right. So I I think that would be like a good way to get uh, the older crowd, the younger crowd, teen crowd involved. Uh, And the the best part about this is, is that there's always a prize. You got to have a prize, right? So you go ahead and uh, get enough of these together and then... If you reassemble Sally and capture Oogie Boogie or stop Oogie Boogie, you, you gotta stop Oogie Boogie. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do that. Right, right. But yeah, you put it together and then like, let's say you go ahead, you put it together. The whole thing is maybe you get like what do you say like uh maybe a fast pass, you know something to kind of you know keep the family involved. But let's say you all you can find is a foot. Like say so you like <laughs> you know you leave it to the little girl. She's like ah, oh, it's best I can do. You know, hey look, you know you get a token. Some reminder uh, of the trip, of the so experience if you itself. Find, um, like the leg, then you get a turkey leg. <laughs> that would be awesome, right? Like I would probably get the leg and be like, "All right, I'm good. I'm good." Sally, you're on your own. Well, she's got two legs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I figured that would be a, a nice way to just kind of, you know, keep uh, everybody involved and uh, and have some fun and still, you know, uh, scour around the park. Absolutely. So next up would be Frontierland, and I'm going to take this one, and this uh, this is going to center upon Tom Sawyer Island, because this is probably going to be the one that requires a lot of work to be done, and let's face it, I don't think anybody's going to be upset if they go to Disney World and their grand vacation is ruined because Tom Sawyer's Island is down for a little while while they add these changes. So I'd like to take Tom Sawyer's Island and kind of make it a, a spot for older kids, adults, you know, people who can appreciate the more scarier side of Halloween. And, and kids will be well insulated from it because there's a river in, the, in front of you, so you, you can't, it's not easy to just stumble across. And it would, Tom Sawyer's Island would feature a kind of an attraction, a, a, um, not so much a ride, but maybe like a, like a haunted hayride kind of thing. Right. Where you and some friends and family and other guests, you get on the hayride and you travel around this spooky forest. Maybe you see the cemetery in the distance. Maybe you, there's talk of spirits within the trees. Maybe, but all this is leading towards in confrontation with the headless horseman. And then your hayride has to pick up and you have to hurry along and you're, you're hearing the hoof steps chasing after you and then you see them and then a pumpkin flies by whatever it is i mean you could do so much with it but that was the idea behind taking tom Sawyer's island and turning it into a ichabod crane style attraction featuring a confrontation with the headless horseman 
Hmm, I like that a lot because mm. uh, really, that's a really a classic. I kind of, kind of almost sometimes forget that's even a Disney movie. Yeah, the original. Uh, yeah, the original concept for the haunted mansion had to do with the uh, the headless horseman. Mm-hmm. That was what it was going to be. So um, yeah, it would be nice to kind of see them bring that in. And again, you, you keep younger children away from uh, Tom Sawyer's on. It's not that hard to do. And, uh, yeah, you go ahead and have more of an adult experience. Um, and I don't think it would be that hard. I really don't no. think it would be ha- that hard to construct something like that on that island. Uh, and I really don't think people would mind that island being down for a month or so or whatever. However long it takes for them to do the overlay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, is, but it has a nice effect. It has a good buildup to it. And that's the thing that we've done here is all these things that we've picked out are not going to be things that if they're shut down for a small period of time while this little changeover, like I understand that we're not going to get a Haunted Mansion overlay like they do uh, over in Disneyland. Same thing with Small World because no one wants to go on their vacation and find out that Haunted Mansion is down or Small World is down if this has been their vacation of a lifetime uh, unnecessarily. Uh, So... We're not going to get that, but what we've done here is when we've laid out this stuff, we've tried to pick things that, eh, if it goes down, it's not going to spoil anybody's vacation to do something with this particular area. And that's going to lead us to something in Tomorrowland, which people probably are not going to miss at all if it shuts down for a little bit. So what are we doing in Tomorrowland, Lee? So what if we took Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor and made it Monsters, Inc. Scare Floor? Now, if you remember in the original movie, the whole movie was centered around it, that you had to scare the kids so that they would, um, you know, get extract the energy. Um, and then they found out at the end of the movie, of course, that laughter was more uh, powerful than than screams. And so that's why they have the Monsters, Inc. laugh for now. But somehow, Randall has gotten a hold of some technology or maybe is overtaken the company and somehow they've, they've convinced the the world that now we are going back to scares as opposed to uh laughs so then you could uh you know do maybe some scary jokes or even uh, <laughs> i don't know if you uh could even maybe even do sort of a haunted house type situation um with with this with this space here i'm kind of picturing like uh, it's tough to be a bug style show where okay. where you're kind of treated to monsters trying to scare you now mm-hmm. and doing uh, okay, like yeah. little 3d effects here to there uh the little things in the seats kind yeah, of come across <laughs> like if it finds something funny the seats like right so spider dropping down from the ceiling all that good stuff um that kind of thing uh which again I don't think that there would be much of a cause for anger if that attraction went down for a little bit to install this show. Maybe Randall just takes over the scare floor and returns it back to being all about screams. And I think that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So that brings us over to Fantasyland. And Eli, what are we going to be doing over in Fantasyland? How are we going to make that a little bit more Halloweenish? So to spook it out a little bit. We'll go ahead and uh, go to the Enchanted Tales with Bell area, mm-hmm. okay? And then we'll 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 pimp it out witch style, if you will, uh, and have the Sanderson sisters from the movie Hocus Pocus come out and uh, change the whole scenery of that area, so that it basically looks like for that night they live there. 
and you know kick Bell out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the thing is, is that I will go ahead and change the look of that area so that it conveys more of you know a witch's feel. All right, so you know, you figure you got like you know the big cauldron with like you know the dry ice kind of coming out of it. Of course, you know nobody knows it's dry ice, but nice and right. smoky out there. You know you get the little light that's underneath it, changes color, stuff like that. Sanderson sisters come out. They tell everybody you know some weird stuff like, yeah, we're gonna turn you all into frogs if you know you walk away from the show. You know, spook the crowd out just a little bit, just a little bit because the kid's dead, right? Just a little bit, mm-hmm. but. I figured this would kind of be a, a whole big magic show slash, you know, big light show slash, you know, 3D show. They would go ahead and talk about the things that, you know, maybe made them witches and what spells that they tried to use. And then they would show those spells uh, to the crowd. So you would see, you know, ghosts pop out of the cauldron. You know, yeah. you would go ahead and see different things like uh, dragons. You know, maybe a, a cat comes by and they like, you know, one of them is like, oh, I'm not a big fan of the cat. And then like, you know, just see like, you know, some spark pop up and then poof, the cat is gone. And then like, you know, in its place is like some little rodent, you know, running across. But basically, yeah, big old, big old rat with glowing eyes. They're really good. They come down to New Orleans, get a neutral rat. That'll freak <laughs> anybody out. That would freak the hell out of anybody. But uh, nice, good 30 minute showing. Give each, you know, witch their time to shine, so to speak, and, uh, you know, freak the crowd out, do a little razzle-dazzle. Absolutely. I think that's a great thing, and I don't think it would be all that hard to go ahead and get that all set up and done. Yeah, that, that's all within their scope to do, you yeah. know, technologically. So, you know, nice little, you know, boo, little, you know. A little light show, a little magical demonstration there. At the end, they accidentally turn themselves all into... Whatever, and they—that's the end of the show. <laughs> Turn themselves into bats and fly off. Yeah, there you go. All right, or they get banished to whatever dimension. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So that's our Fantasyland demonstration with the Sanderson sisters, and so that leaves us finally to Liberty Square, and I'll be taking this one. And what I wanted to do is kind of bring back something that I fondly remembered and uh, spoke about earlier, which was that um, Halloween Riverboat ride, but instead kind of give it a more character-centric vibe and putting uh, Dr. Facilier on that riverboat, taking you through the haunted swamps. Right, right. And the Shadow Man could be showing you the different sights and scenery of the other side (laughs) (laughs) and his friends over there and maybe a little you know couple of stories little voodoo for the children uh so yeah i'd like to see them do a little bit of something like that and kind of you know give them something character related that they could respond to maybe tiana shows up Maybe uh, Prince Naveen. Maybe they stop uh, the Shadow Man from doing what he's doing. They show you the better side of the swamp at the end. Who knows? Yeah, I was gonna say like, do you like maybe they should have like some like treats on the boat while the ride is going? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What you call it, Tiana? Maybe you start off like that. Maybe you start off. You're on a riverboat ride with Tiana, and she's sampling some of her home cooking. There you go. Just like she does at her restaurant. And that's when all of a sudden Tiana's made to disappear. The shadow man takes over. He shows you all the scary sights of the swamp. Little things on the shore of Tom Sawyer's Island around the edge. 
know, a little bit of interesting sights, a little bit of stories here and there, and of course at the very end, Tiana comes back and takes over again, but still, something nice, something character-orientated that I think the kids will respond to. Uh, not too scary, but... Puts you there. Yeah, gives you that Halloween-type feel. With that. So, that is one, two, three, four, five, six things that we can think of to add that we don't think it would be too much trouble to add to Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party to make it an even more must-see event. What do you guys think? Would you like to see those things? Do you have better ideas? Do you have more uh, elaborate uh, ideas? Something that they really ought to do that we're not even thinking of? Because quite frankly, I mean, we wanted to get Nightmare Before Christmas in there. It was just, man, it's hard. It's hard to make it fit in, inside that park. But it got done. And uh, yeah, we, we we made sure it happened. Uh, but uh, Adventureland, man, we could have done something with pirates over there. There's so much it can be. Halloween's such a rich, deep holiday where there's so much you can pull from, especially with the, 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 the villains that they have in the Disney universe that I think would make it a lot of fun. So, guys, yeah, this was a lot of fun to put together this little show for you. We hope you liked it, and please let us know what you think. All right, guys. Well, that music means that it is time for us to end this fun, this terror, this spooky little Halloween show that we're doing today, trying something new out here. I cannot thank my cast of characters here, Lee, Eli, for helping me out enough while Kevin's out and about playing around with Cinderella. Um, Give him an address, Kevin. <laughs> let's start with Lee here. Uh, Lee, tell our listeners how they can use your fabulous services. Best way to reach me is by email. Just email me at lee at magicrway.com. You can call me at 832-570-5490. Be sure and check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel. And Eli, tell our listeners where they can find you and your magnificent artwork. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Uh, get the website, www.ivorycomics.com. Uh, features all different types of artwork that uh, I've done over the years. You can also find me on Facebook. Look up Eli Ivory, and I have some artwork on there. If you want to go ahead and see a uh, book that I've done, Project Geisha, you can check it out online at www.peepgamecomics.com. Uh, Look up Project Geisha, you'll find it. Uh, otherwise, you're more than welcome to either contact the podcast or contact me if you want a, you know, in your hand printed copy of the book, which also features bonus artwork by both Danny and I and uh, George, George, George. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Did you ward off the evil spirits? I just just to be safe. Just to be safe. All right, guys. So you know where to find us, www.magicourway.com. You can listen to past episodes. You can go ahead and send us a speak pipe message. Um, you can go ahead and email us, magicourway at gmail.com. We'd like you to do that as well. Or we got a new number, 1815-MAWEEKEND. That's 1815-MAWEEKEND. <laughs> also, social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Google+. We're on Instagram. All that stuff. 
that Kevin fools with that I have nothing to do with. <laughs> yeah, that's not me on there, guys. That's Kevin, and thank God Kevin is around. We don't know what we would do without him. I, I certainly don't want to do this job without him. Uh, hopefully he gets back very, very quickly. Um, and, oh, and here's another way you can help out the show, guys. Just go to magicourway.com and follow our little Amazon link, which will take you to Amazon when you're doing your normal Amazon shopping. And it will kick back a percentage of whatever you buy to the show to help us with costs, all the th wonderful things that come along with running this show every week, the, the hosting fees, all that kind of stuff that goes on. You don't realize how expensive this kind of thing can get. Even the equipment that we have over here. I mean, good Lord. Th th this was a lot of money, guys. This, this really was. So help us out. Support us as, as best as you can. Buy merchandise. We have merchandise. We have anything that you Plenty. want. Oops. My, my microphone went limp. <laughs> <laughs> it was his kid, but that's your kid. Yeah, wait. Hold up. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Shirts, cups, coasters, shot glasses, you name it. Kevin has made anything and everything that you could want. And if you don't find something on there that you think would be a better idea, Kevin will make it. He, he has no problem with that. He actually is quite proud of what he's done over here. So with that being said, uh, we're going to let you go. Hopefully you guys have a happy Halloween. Hopefully we've made it just a little bit spookier. And if not, you know, hopefully we've made it not so scary. I don't know. <laughs> we tried to hit both aspects of it. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for listening as always. My name is Danny. Magic out.